Welcome to the weekly message from Albert Park Baptist Church, a community of believers seeking to love God, love one another and love our neighbourhood right in the heart of Melbourne. We hope you find today's message inspiring. Well, I want to start off today by being really, really honest with you all. I wrote this sermon a week in advance, so I had it done, not this week, the week before. And it was done and it was dusted. And then on Friday evening, I reread the Bible passage just because it was in my devotional time of reading through. And I thought, oh no, I think I've got this wrong. I don't think that the message I've written is the one that the Holy Spirit wants me to share this morning. Um, And it's not that I interpreted the scripture wrong um, or anything like that. I think I just missed the greater point of these two stories together. Sometimes when we're working through the scripture in the way that we are this year in taking big chunks of the story um, and going all through Luke, uh, there's a lot in every verse every week. There's there's a lot that you could glean um, and any one of the little verses could have produced a multitude of sermons or messages. So at first um, when I looked at this passage, I do what many of us do, and I focused on the centurion. And I think many of us do things like this uh, in our Bible stories. Like if you pick up your Bible right now and you open it anywhere, you get little headings, especially in the Gospels. If you jump into the New Testament, you get little headings that break up the verses um, that tell you what the story is about. And that's really, really great. Um, but sometimes it, before we even get into the word of God, kind of positions us to see one thing from that story. And the thing about scripture is that it's really layered and that it's a living word. And so when I picked up this story again on the Friday, um, I realized I kind of missed the greater point. See, the two people who are healed in this Bible story, and we'll get in and we'll read it in a second because I'm mindful we didn't watch the video. Um, We see two people, and their names don't get mentioned, the two people who are healed. They don't even speak. We don't hear their words in uh, these Bible verses. One is dead and one is very ill. We know nothing about them. Uh, We don't know their age. We don't know their background. And most importantly, we don't actually know about their faith in Jesus. We don't know if the slave and this dead son had ever even heard of Jesus. So what struck me as I reread the story was that it was actually less about the character of those who were being healed and much more about the character of Jesus. Especially when Cam preached last week and I I saw at the end of his sermon, he talked about the Beatitudes in Luke and it talked about God's character in the kingdom And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to rewrite, rework this sermon uh, this week. And then much to my surprise, I show up at work on Wednesday and my computer is updated and the whole sermon I had written has disappeared. So I'm going to come to it afresh again today and I'm going to focus in on the character of Jesus. So we're going to read this story together and it's going to be up on the screen for us. And I would love you guys to focus in on what this story tells us about Jesus' response Um, about who Jesus is. And if you have your Luke journal, 
this one here. It's on page 52 to 54 if you want to follow along or on the screen. It said in chapter 7, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some of the elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent more friends on his behalf and said to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and the other, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found that the servant was well, was healed. Soon after, Jesus then went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, and it was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and he touched uh, the stretcher that they were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread through Judea and the surrounding countries. So what do we see Jesus responding to here? Well, first we have a centurion, a Roman official, who is mourned that his slave, a member of his household, is suffering with illness. And so he sends Jewish officials on his behalf to approach Jesus. The centurion is very distressed about his servant's suffering. And as Jesus comes to know about this servant's suffering, he doesn't know anything, well, he doesn't say he knows anything about the servant, but he responds in compassion. As Susan was saying in her prayer, in compassion, Jesus responds and in comfort by healing the servant. Then next Jesus goes and enters Nain. And on the outskirts of the city, outside the gate, he comes across a funeral. And it tells us that the woman is a widow and that this is her only son who has died, which means that she probably has no male family members left, which in this time would mean she is now in a pretty rough way socially. Jesus sees the body and sees the mourners and the mourning widow. And what was his reply? 
well, don't cry. And he touches the stretcher and the man gets up and he starts to talk. In last week's sermon, Cameron read out one of the, he read out all of the Beatitudes in Luke, but this one really stood out to me. He told us what the kingdom of God would be like. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And so we see in today's healing that Jesus is taking this widow and her family's weeping and he transforms it, turning it into awe and to joy. We see Jesus respond to the suffering servant and the mourning of the centurion around um, around him by healing this suffering servant. So if there is something I'd like you to take from today's story, it's that Jesus responds to those who mourn. Jesus responds to weeping. And the Beatitudes tell us this, those who mourn will be comforted. Jesus is compassionate. He is the comforter. The other thing that's so impactful about this account of Jesus' healing is that he is bringing comfort to not only those who believe in him, the centurion, but also those that we don't know much about. We don't know anything about the state of their faith. We don't know much about their background and we don't know if the servant and um, this man uh, who is dead are saved or not or if they've even heard of Jesus. But what we do, <coughs> pardon me, what we do know is that Jesus cares so deeply for them anyway and he responds deeply to their crying and to their mourning and to their suffering. And I think sometimes we can forget that ambassadors of Christ, as ambassadors of Christ, um, that because we have received God's comfort, we're then called to be comforters in this world, not just towards those who know Jesus but to every single person that we encounter to every single person and to every single situation that is in a state of mourning, we are to be Christ's ambassadors and comfort bringers in this world. So I want you all to just think for a moment, if you're a person that needs to close your eyes to think, do that. I want you to think of a time when you have experienced a profound sense of comfort. It might have been a spiritual experience for you, something you can't explain the peace and comfort of God washing over you through the many ways that God speaks to us. Or your experience might have been something that you didn't consider to be spiritual at all. It might have been a comfort that a friend had offered to you through an embrace, maybe a generosity of a stranger, maybe the care of a professional. We experience comfort in so many forms. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, we learn more about the comfort that we have received from God. And in uh, 2 Corinthians, in the very start, in the first chapter, it says in verse 3, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. And this is the kicker so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Now, John Henry Jowlett summarized it in a really old sermon, but I think he summarized it really well. He said, God does not comfort us to make us comfortable, but to make us comforters. So let's put it like this. 
God is not comforting us so we can be secure and comfortable and inactive. God is comforting us so that we can have a sense of peace and purpose when we actively seek out the places of mourning in our world and that we go into those spaces deliberately as comforters. Jesus is clear when he says, the kingdom is like this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We see Jesus coming in today's scripture reading as a personification of the kingdom coming on earth. He is going around transforming, transforming dead to living, sick to health, weeping to laughing, and mourning to comforted. So as Christ's ambassadors who are so loved, who are so cared for and so comforted, we partner in this kingdom work. It's spelt out for us. Find the morning, bring the comfort, bring the compassion. There's no shortage of mourning in this world. I truly believe that God puts certain types of mourning people in our paths that we can respond to. You might have had a certain experience that makes you more empathetic to certain people's plights. You might know what it means to have been persecuted, to have been in some type of conflict zone. You might have experienced a life-threatening illness. You might have lost a child. You might have been unemployed, experienced mental illness or homelessness. Really insert any form of personal suffering here. And from that place, you are uniquely gifted to now be a comforter. You knew what it was like to be comforted and now you can comfort. The practicalities of what comfort might look like will be so vastly varied. I don't expect that you're going to go around raising people from the dead. Please, if you do, come and tell us. That would be remarkable. But I think that sometimes it's about sitting with someone as they weep and while they mourn. I like this very old story from Queen Victoria that cuts through any form of status and levels in society and just joins two human experiences. Queen Victoria heard that the wife of a labourer had lost her baby. Having suffered a deep sorrow herself, she wanted to express her sympathy. So she called the bereaved mother and spent time with her. Later, neighbours asked this bereaved mother, what had the queen said? And she replied, nothing. She simply put her hands on mine and we silently wept together. What comfort looked like here was just a personal human connection, but it's going to look really different from person to person, from situation to situation. Here's the thing. The world as it is right now, there is no shortage of mourning. There is no shortage of people who need comfort. We just have to look at the news. We've got Ukraine, floods, COVID, famine, conflict in all types of countries. This is a picture of what the kingdom isn't. But let me tell you the good news. Jesus has not left the building the Holy Spirit is known as the divine comforter and is out and at work. It's at work in people. Just look at what's happening to the refugees who flee Ukraine. 
there has been this collective outpouring of love and comfort. People driving across borders in the EU to offer up whatever spare seat they have in their car and spare space they have on their couch. There are families who are leaving fully stocked prams on the train station platforms in Poland so that families and mothers who arrive with nothing but their babies have something to put them in, have a blanket to wrap them in, have comfort. We as the church, both here at Albert Park and worldwide, can be mobilised as an army of comforters. Rather than thinking of this individually, of what can I do, I want us to think of ourselves as a collective. As Dale spoke of this morning, we are churches gathering around the world to multiply that good news. The collective here at Albert Park, the collective of the church worldwide, the collective body of Christ can be called to comfort. Each month, the BUV releases a newsletter called Better Together. And last year, this story really struck me. Seven churches across uh, the council area of Whitehorse, so out in Melbourne's east, not too far from us, realised that they had an opportunity to join together with what little uh, resources some of the churches had, but they really made it into something. They knew of many people that were sleeping rough in the area throughout winter, left exposed to the weather and to the elements. So they pulled together as seven churches to create this winter shelter program. They turned whatever small church spaces they had available into homes. And they had volunteers, hundreds of them, to serve, feed, love and comfort these people who were experiencing homelessness. This is a quote from the story. It says, Our guests are grateful for the chance to sleep comfortably in a safe environment. One of our guests said that he felt so good to be safe and in a welcoming place and he was quite overwhelmed by it and thought that though he's seen all of the other available housing options, staying at these winter shelters, they offer so much more care, better than anything else that he'd ever experienced while homeless. Look at what comfort the church can bring. It can be both the individual church community like here at Albert Park, but also that collective as we seek to be comforters. So I want to ask you this morning, what does it mean for the church to be the collective body of Christ, the collective comforters? What would that look like right here at Albert Park? Now, I don't know the ins and outs of that right now, and I'm not the church alone. You're not the church alone. It's together that we are the church. You are the church. And as the church, we have to make some decisions. How will we do this kingdom work of comforting the morning? And I invite you to come to the church meeting today. This is one of the places, one of the forums where we talk about things like this. Here's one thing that I can guarantee from what today's reading shows us. And it's at the very end of these two stories. It says, they, all those people in name who had been comforted and those who looked on, were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet had appeared among us. And they said, God has come to help his people. The news about Jesus spread throughout. 
Now, this is my final sermon here at Albert Park Baptist Church before I leave in a couple of weeks. And if there is one thing that I could leave you with, it's please be comforters to our community. Help turn the weeping that we see here in our doors, but also in the world beyond us, to laughing. Help turn mourning to comfort. Spread the good news of Jesus Christ through the comforter spirit. Take the grace and that love and that salvation that God has given to us and partner with God, partner with one another to bring the kingdom to life. Let's pray. Loving God, it can be so tiring to see the suffering of the world. But we thank you so much that you give us a spirit of peace, that you have forgiven us, that you love us and you sustain us. So that as we look on, we don't need to become totally discouraged. But we can invite you and we can accept your invitation to us to offer comfort to all those who hurt. Lord, mobilize us as your body of believers to see your kingdom break through here. Lord, help us to love in every situation. As it says in 2 Corinthians, praise be to you, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we have received ourselves from you. Let that be in our lives. Let that be in our community. Amen. If today's message evoked anything in you and you'd like to talk or pray with one of our pastors, please get in touch by phone or email. All of our details can be found at albertpark.org.au. We worship together in person 10am every Sunday at 115 Kerford Road, Albert Park. All are welcome. We look forward to seeing you soon.